is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We're going to start things out here by going to your phone calls about whatever you want. That's the point of the show. Then coming up, the latest on the sad, sad tale of the newspaper industry. But first, we go to Alex in New Jersey. Alex, you're on Free Talk Live on the amp line. Hello there. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? So just to recap from uh, last night, um, I went to an, uh, a meeting for this product called Mona V., and it's a fruit drink that supposedly has all these antioxidants in it that cure or uh, remove free radicals from your body. And they want me to put up some capital to um, to join their network of distributors. Sure, sure. And then and you can recruit three who will recruit three who will recruit three, and you'll be a multimillionaire in uh, just a you know, short period of time. You'll get absolutely. boats and cars and houses and everything. And they, they had a nice DVD that explained it with all, you know, nice houses and people driving fancy cars in it. You could be a so diamond I, distributor. Know, just, uh, I, I called originally to see uh, what what you guys thought about this multi-level marketing uh, scheme and uh, w- w- if it's really worth it. Because I looked online and I looked specifically for dissenting opinion on it because I got enough uh, opinion for it at the meeting. Oh, right. yeah, that you did. Dissenting opinion. <laughs> And what had happened is I went on a website, and they have a lot of dissenting opinion, but then at the end of the page, they had um, uh, another advertisement for Mona V's competitor. So it was just another uh, advertisement for another MLM that was competing for it. So there's really no good information on it, and I was wondering what your guys' take on it was. Well, um, I I do think that the uh, multi-level marketing, network marketing model is uh, one that in uh, some businesses' cases work. I also um, think that there, that it is a model that is uh, ripe ripe for uh, scam artists, um, or it, rife with scam, or scam one, artists. One of those two. I'm not willing to make those. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know specifically about this product. This may be the elixir of God. Um, <laughs> I don't know, um, and and I'd I'd hate to 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 run someone off from uh, you know this power juice here, but um, you know I. I think I I don't like some things about multi-level marketing, especially ones that uh, require you to put up a certain amount of money to join. Uh, that bothers me the most. What are they wanting you to do? Come in at a certain uh, level of commitment? Uh, is, what what exactly are they looking for from you as far as capital? Well, the way it works is you would buy um, your little starter package, and it would contain eight bottles of the stuff at around two hundred dollars. And you can pick which package that you want to buy, but everyone buys the the eight bottle one, and it's priced so that you um, you get I guess you get four free, and you, you you take four for yourself and you try it out, and then you give four to other people to let them try it out. But now you don't get any money initially. Uh, the way it is is you you get billed every 28 days, and you have this uh, auto shipment. Sure, uh, sure. Auto ship is and very you, important to and, the uh, network marketing business model. And when you, um, in order to recoup your losses and maintain equilibrium, you must sign up uh, two people under you, and those people must sign up at least one person each. So just a total of four people, and then you've recouped um, the cost 
per month every every 28 days. Now, that's the cost. Point of clarification, spending. Alex. That's the uh, the cost of what it would cost you to get the auto ship. Yeah, that, that's the cost of the product. So, what it's is the uh, auto? Sh- what is the auto ship commitment that the company is requiring you to have every month in order to be a distributor? I think it's around two hundred dollars. So they're asking you to spend $200 a month with the company in buying, order to be an active, in order to be an active distributor, is that right? Uh, correct. Now, you don't get any money unless you uh, establish a right and left leg in the binary tree, which is like the distributor tree. You don't so get you money. Get back, you become a star qualified member, and they have all these levels that you can try and Sure, attain. sure. No, wait. When you say you don't get any money, you mean uh, that's you don't get money from anybody else's work. You, you, you could still resell the bottles you were ordering and then make, you know, 10 bucks a bottle or whatever. Well, correct. The, uh, each bottle comes out to be $40 a piece, uh-huh. which is insane. It's like a, it's as big as a wine bottle. And if you do the calculations, it comes out to uh, $5 per day if you drink on the schedule that they recommend. Now, I think that's absolutely terrible. What, what they do is they, they ship it to you wholesale, and then you do a 15% markup. Then you get, you get money from the markup, and you also um, get points from your distributors, and when your distributors um, get points, you get um, 10% of the shorter leg. So what you have to do is you have to go online and you have to move your distributors around so that both legs are even. Um, you Boy, get that's a annoying. certain amount of points, and once you attain that certain level of points, you move up to the next pay scale. I think that uh, having had experience in network marketing myself, uh, <laughs> I joined a well, company. Same here. <laughs> right. I joined a company when I was, oh, I don't know, 18. I think it was 19. And I, somebody came into Kmart where I was working and they prospected me <laughs> for this. And uh, basically, the product was the main product that they had was a magnetic product. And so he comes into Kmart with these little magnetic uh, insoles, and it's it's dead. It's like nighttime. I'm not doing anything. And so, you know, this guy's basically going to stores looking for salespeople because he wants to recruit them. And uh, he, uh, not knowing all of the things I know now about network marketing, uh, he takes these insoles out of his shoes, right? And he puts them on the ground, and he does this little strength test. Uh, I, you know, I'm going along with this because I'm intrigued by what this guy is doing. Uh, and so he does this little strength test thing where you hold out your arms, and he pushes down on them. And then you step on the insoles, and you hold out your arms, and he pushes down on them. And you supposedly have uh, more res- ability to resist uh, when you're standing on the insoles, right? I, now I believe that this is just a placebo effect and, and nothing more. If he wasn't uh, just uh, pushing harder the one time than the other. Yeah, well, anyway... Uh, it was very uh, kind of a powerful experience for me, so I kept going and through their little process, and I went to one of the meetings like you went to, and uh, I signed up as a distributor and you know bought the products and spent probably about six thousand uh, dollars over the the course of the the time that I was doing this. You know, you, you once you get in, uh, you know, there's the there's the monthly amount that you have to spend. In the case of the company I was in, it was a hundred dollars. You have to spend that money in order to keep your distributorship active. So basically, if you don't spend that money, you don't get uh, any kind of commissions at all. You don't even have a chance at at getting commissions. So there are a few MLM companies out there that aren't structured where there's a monthly minimum, and I think those are the ones that are a little bit better than the rest of them. But if they're demanding that you spend a certain amount of month per, mo- uh, per month just to have the ability to, re- uh, to essentially represent their product, that's, 
that's really questionable well, to me I've, right I've, there. I've got two things here that are just going to make you flip out. The first one was uh, I asked them a lot of questions that uh, they had trouble answering. Uh, I asked uh, the one was uh, in light of the economic downturn, uh, what uh, what has Mona V experienced as far as sales loss, et cetera? Uh, due to it, and they said that uh, it's insulated from the market because Mona V's network creates its own economy. They told me. The hell's that and gobbledygook? I, thinking, <laughs> I, I was completely flabbergasted by it. it creates its own economy, but they're still using the U.S. dollar. So it, it's just it, they, I was perplexed by it. And well, the people that, who point of point of information here, the people who get into network marketing are not experts in general on the products that they're selling. And they're certainly not experts necessarily on the economy or anything else and are usually not authorized to speak uh, on behalf of the company that they're, that they're actually, the products that they're representing. They have a very set uh, range of responses that, that, that they can make to right, you your can, questions. You can hustle your friends and family, but you aren't allowed to speak for the company. And I would never do that to my family. Right. Well, that, one, that's really what it relies on, Alex. shocked me. Alex, uh, that's what. Tw- before yeah. you go on, um, that's that's really what it relies on is that you convert your friends and family to this product. And th- another thing about it is, you know, it would be. I, I think that this Which product makes them hate you. By the way, it sounds friends and family. <laughs> right. Uh, th- this is how Ian and I met. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, th- <laughs> this is, sounds like a product for older people that might uh, benefit from the uh, vitamin-rich goodness of this uh, go-go juice. And perhaps not for a younger guy, so then you wouldn't be speaking necessarily from experience. There's much more to say on this, uh, and plus, I don't know what Nick's experience has been with MLM. Maybe he'll. Have I haven't been involved with it because I've heard it's a bad idea. We'll come back with more. Uh, Alex, hang on. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, it's your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. It's 800-259-9231, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Features, by the way, including updates. You get signed up, we keep you in the loop. Whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live, go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. And do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained to resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep your clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. That's SACL CAI. So we're talking about a, a, a topic that hasn't come up on the show for a while. And it's a topic that I think a lot of people, the older they are, the more likely they are familiar with this. It's MLM, multi-level marketing, as it, I think, is most popularly called. Some kind, sometimes called network marketing. Network marketing, correct. And so I have, uh, Mark, you and I have both had the opportunity uh, to be involved in this. Our caller, Alex, has been uh, presented with an opportunity recently. We were talking with you, Nick, during the break, and uh, you are also one, you know, on the younger side. And so you've not come across this before, the, uh, the MLM? I'm, I'm familiar with the basic idea behind it, but I've never gotten an offer to participate in it. So oh, no one's ever pitched you? No one's ever like brought a, you to a meeting? Maybe like in a spam email, but right. no. No, I'd not, not, I haven't been directly approached in person or on the phone. 
Now, um, and I'm not willing. I, I absolutely. It would be completely, uh, a, you know, a bald faced lie to not say that there's some really good multi-level pro- marketing type products. No out doubt there, about it. And that there are companies that run good multi-level marketing businesses. However, with that caveat, I think that this is a business that, uh, you know, <laughs> kind of scams people in some in some cases. Uh, you know, some people walk away, you know, having spent hundreds, if not thousands of dollars and really not about six grand before it was all said and done. Right. And not not amounted to anything for yeah. them um, that they can uh, try their best to market to people and it just doesn't work out. Right. And, and you know, to me. When it when I'm presented with a product, you know, usually through advertising and then the opportunity to purchase in a store, the company has done all the outlay as far as me getting there, and then I decide to buy it. They put the money out to advertise. They right. put the money out to you know to approach the stores and get their their product marketed and put on the shelves, and that, that they put the investment in to get the return down the line. And uh, you know that to me that seems a more fair way to present one's product to uh, you know one's uh, customers. And secondly, um, you know. Know, the there's the employee aspect. If I'm a salesperson and I'm brought on board, generally I'm given money. Uh, you know, and usually, and if if I'm a uh, you know commission only salesperson, I'm given a guarantee for a certain amount of time, and then I'll go on straight commission, or you're given a base plus commission or something like that. And to me, that you know, that's the that's the model that we uh, employ salespeople under under in this country, and anything less than that seems scamish. Now, I'm not going to say that there aren't people that make a fortune doing this because there seems to be i haven't met any of them but i've seen the pictures and they're standing in front of their nice house, houses with their nice cars and their kids i i assume that those aren't just uh clip they're real people i've i've met some of them i went when i was involved i went to one of the conventions Mm-hmm. And and I, there was what, there was a diamond distributor that lived in the area, and they they always bring those folks around. So you, I, mean, I don't know how deep you were and whatever you were in, Mark. But, not terribly, uh, not yeah. nearly as deep as you were. As oh, I, yeah, I was in. I was. <laughs> I know you were. <laughs> so let's bring Alex back here. Uh, so so and I have some good things to say about my uh, my time in MLM. I mean, it was the it was the way I learned how to sell things. I mean, I I wasn't so great at selling this particular product, but the the principles of sales I learned while I was doing. MLM because not only do you have to spend money on the product because they'll always tell you in MLM that well you've got to be a product of the product and that makes sense uh, you know it's kind of a cliche that you hear a lot but it it kind of makes sense because well if somebody's going to ask you well how is this product and you say well I don't use it then you're not much of a salesperson right well, I, you're not you know, even the, using... I think the whole purpose of of the, uh, the the marketing system they have is so that people who use the product can tell other people who use the product how great it is and that part of the model is really fantastic if Word it's of mouth true. is powerful advertising. But sure. if you get into the business, as you did, Ian, to make a bunch of money, which is how they pitch it to you, rather oh, yeah. than you can share this really great product with your friends and family, um, like there's a there's a difference there. Um, right. The, the business is always pitched in the same way across the network marketing companies, and it's basically it's targeted at people who maybe have always dreamed about doing their own thing. They've uh, They've always worked at some corporate job for most of their life and then this comes along and there's boats and there's and there's houses uh, i'm sorry what else uh this this guy who uh, tried to recruit me is he's um about 22 and i a few months ago i i talked to him about his decision to join the military and i told him about how military men are paid killers etc cetera, etc cetera. on the drive back home from that meeting he told me that if I joined under underneath of him, he would not join the military. That wow. is how desperate. Wow, he is it desperate. Was. 
<laughs> How many distributors does he have? Well, it's uh, he took me to the meeting of the people above him because uh, he doesn't it, because it's a binary system. He doesn't make any money until I join under him because he has one person and he needs the other leg. So he has so, one uh, distributor, but I, not another were, one. Yeah, he has one, but not n- another one. So he needs you to start making a, a paycheck. Correct. Got now, um, now, just because he gets that paycheck doesn't mean he's not losing money. Once I get one person under me and once the other person gets one person under him, then he uh, reaches equilibrium. The house that I went to was a bunch of these uh, fire department members. And these fire department members, they stick together. And they were all in it. The whole family was in it. And this uh, this kid that I – that – graduated high school he was uh, one grade above me was making uh, 52,000 a year and i i saw him in the hallways and never spoke to him never talked to him and i didn't expect him to be making that kind of money and he he just right out of high school you know he's making $52,000 a year on this selling this product correct well again it's uh, as mark said some of these products are great products and uh, the companies some of them have been around and doing business for a long time uh in you know multiple countries and there are success stories all over the place and if you've got the tenacity uh and the product is good then it's certainly possible to make money at, at network marketing but i want to just touch back on the you know kind of the scam aspect of this because and that's what you're going to come across when you're when you're trying to market a, market a multi-level marketing product is people are going to be naturally reluctant right. at uh, this purchasing. This is the first word that pops into their mind. I mean, you know, I'd, if I were a person who was in multi-level marketing, I certainly wouldn't want the word scam attached to multi-level marketing in the same breath. But this is the, these are the thoughts that people have when uh, when sort of thinking about these things. And, you know, so you, you really, in all honesty, you have to approach these. I want to come back uh, and discuss this more. Hang on, Alex. Uh, and if you've got a story, perhaps you were at one time involved in MLM or network marketing, and maybe you made it work. If you made it work, you're probably still involved. Uh, but maybe, you know, you crashed and burned. Maybe you've got something that you want to share with Alex. 800-259-9231. What was your level of involvement, if any whatsoever? 1-800-259-9231. Did you have a friend or family member that tried to recruit you in, and then they ended up crashing and burning? Tell your story. Because there's a lot of crash and burn stories when it comes to the MLM industry. And that's what I want to come back and touch on is who they're targeting and what usually ends up happening with most people that get involved in this business. More coming up. You take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Are you moving to New Hampshire for the Free State Project? Maybe you are already here and need to find a place to call your own. Mark Warden, the Porcupine Realtor, will help you find the perfect property. Do you want a home with 50 acres of land? How about an income-producing building, perhaps a cabin on a lake or a condo in an urban area? Invest in liberty and property. Contact Mark Warden, Porcupine Realtor. See his banner ad at freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We've got a wiki with over 1,800 pages created by listeners like you. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Get interactive for free. W-I-K-I, wiki.freetalklive.com. There are lots of reasons that you might want to hide your valuables around your home. Asset forfeiture, bank failures, burglars, ex-spouses, housekeepers, your kids. 
Stash Your Swag, S-W-A-G, stashyourswag.com gives you more than 100 common places around your home, most with little or no modification, and any of the modifications cost less than $50. Stashyourswag.com, and it's an e-book, and it's less than 7 bucks. Stashyourswag.com. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. Alex has been on the line with us this hour telling us that he's been prospected for a multi-level marketing slash network marketing company called Motivi. And, of course, uh, some of our critics uh, in the chat room are saying that uh, this is a commercial for the product. Well, actually, no. We're being pretty critical of the multi-level marketing industry here. And we're talking generally about the industry as a whole. In fact, an interesting point about... we don't know anything about Mona Right. An interesting point about a lot of network marketing products is there's usually a prohibition on using radio, television, or uh, whatever kind of alternative advertising methods to market the product. So if you sign up as a distributor of many MLM products out there, there's a good chance that they're, you're only going to be allowed to spread the word about it from your mouth. I mean, you, you can't have uh, your own television show and promote a lot of these products. There are only some of them that actually allow alternative forms of or more standard style forms of marketing for, uh, for their distributors. So there are usually a lot of restrictions on how you can even sell these products. But let's go back to Alex in New Jersey. Alex, you've been telling us uh, about your experiences here so far. And just generally, I wanted to say that, you know, my experience in MLM was positive in that I did learn about sales. It was negative in that it cost me about $6,000 over all the time. It was negative also in that I burned some, you know, to some extent, some relationships that I had. Because what, as you were saying earlier, Mark, they encourage you to build a list, basically, when you get started of, you know, 100 people that you know that you can instantaneously contact about or, and prospect about the product that you're trying to sell. And, of course, most of the people that you know are probably pretty happy with what it is that they're doing, and they're not really necessarily going to be uh, too keen on jumping aboard your little business opportunity. And certainly, it actually turns out that family members are probably the most skeptical of, uh, of anybody that, that you'll likely encounter. They've seen your mistakes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, Alex, are you still with us? I am. All right. Uh, and your you know, thoughts, sir? Well, uh, it's, it's definitely true that they try to persuade you to try and make a list of all the people that you can scope out and talk to. And I was making a list in my head, actually. And then, you know, I decided that I should really go home and research this more, you know, buyer beware, and I should really do my due diligence before I make an investment. Yeah, and that's definitely something uh, that is far more possible here now and that we have uh, easy access to information at our fingertips. Uh, In fact... We have somebody on the line who I believe is a former distributor, so let's bring him on. It's Peter in New York. Peter, you're on the amp lines with Alex. Hey, good, e- good evening, guys. Good evening, Alex. Good evening. Um, yeah, I have direct experience with uh, the Mona V product, and I sort of I caught the conversation with Alex from the middle to the latter part, so I don't know, you know, I didn't hear the whole conversation. But I'll say this. Um, I was approached by a friend about a year ago, and I would consider him to be a close friend. So he's somebody who I had a rapport and some trust for um, from the get-go. About a year ago, um, he approached me with the product, and I figured, you know what, try the product first yourself and take it from there. And I have to say, and I'm not trying to pitch the product, but I have to say that this particular product um, actually helped me. Okay, so In what way? I think if you... 
Uh, well, uh, as somebody who is, you know, I'm, I'm a martial artist and I, I do a lot of physical athletic activity, um, I found that the product, uh, the antioxidants that were in the Monavie product, helped me over time, okay, with certain things. Okay. Um, so I think, I think if, you, if you don't try the product yourself, whether it be, you know, a juice or that magnetic device you were talking about or what have you, you, you really... You really can't um, invest your money before you, you know, invest your time actually using the product. That's I agree with that one. completely, uh, and I think that yeah. this is this is where people kind of, you know, the, the MLMs and the people that uh, participate in them really go off the track. If the product yeah. is good, I used to buy a product from um, a, a woman who had a multi-level marketing thing, and I just couldn't get anything like it that I um, in the store. So right. I would buy this. It was a cocoa mix with uh, B12s or something in it, and I and I used right. it in lieu of coffee, and I prefer it and I didn't mind spending the money on it I, I you know it, the product was great she never prospected me for, to sell it and I don't think I was that interested in it but right. you know if it's about the product then great I think that's a good yeah, thing if it's about you're going to make a million dollars and, and own a boat then I think that's a problem well after a couple of months it ended up uh, where I, I was somewhat successful with it in the sense that um, my uh, Alex was talking about the legs my legs ended up paying for my own juice <laughs> And that's really that was really my only goal. I mean, I, I was basically breaking even where the commissions from other people's sales were basically paying for my ability to buy this ridiculously expensive juice at no charge. So okay, are you still buying it? That. I'm sorry? Are you still buying it today? Yeah, actually I am. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, there's a positive so, story. And that's lasted that's lasted for several months. So I, I think it depends on what your goals are. You're not gonna have the boat and the BMW and the big house directly from an MLM unless you get in super, super, super early and you're very committed to it. Um, so, But I think for a young man um, who doesn't necessarily have much much business experience already, it might be worth, you know, a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks just to network, meet with people, and you never know. You might... Uh, end up meeting some motivated people who want to do something else with you. So yeah, well, as long as you are are viewing it from the this as an impossible investment and a very likely possibility that you're going to lose uh, the money that you put right. into it, then I think that's a, you know that's a healthy way to approach it. And, I, and Peter, thanks for the uh, the expertise in the story tonight. You're welcome. You uh, know, um, another thing is is I, I've been uh, pitched many an MLM. I don't. I think Sarasota, uh, Florida, is uh, ground zero for the MLM bomb. <laughs> I've been pitched many of them. Maybe it's just maybe it's just me. I have that look, um, and I think that one thing that you need to uh, you have respect for the person you're prospecting. Don't lie to them about why it is that they're going. You know, whatever meeting they're going to, or um, you know, you know, whatever meeting you're having, or something like this. Hey, I want to talk to you about it. Let them know um, in advance what it is you're talking about, so that their time is respected. Hey, yeah, if they're not interested, don't push it. Well, yeah, that and a lot of times people say, hey, I want to talk to you about this new business that I'm in. You know, what what does that mean? Oh, well, okay. I want to get your ideas on this business that I'm in. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> Tell them, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm starting up a multi-level marketing business. I want to show you some of the products and see what you think about it and uh, see if you might be interested in uh, becoming a distributor, something like that. Um, it, because that way you're, you're having respect for the other person's time because that's what ruins the relationships is cornering someone or, um, you know, inviting them to a meeting that they didn't, you know, that was completely different than what they expected. It ruins relationships. 
Just looking here at uh, Wikipedia, criticism of the Mona V product includes that the health benefits are obviously not proven, and the product is exorbitantly priced relative to more cost-effective conventional antioxidant-rich foods, such as blueberries, raspberries, and pomegranates. So basically saying, There's you know, a, a go lot get of, yourself some blueberries and eat those. There are a lot of, uh, right, uh, understood, there are a lot of... Uh, you know berries out there that you can get a lot of anti- antioxidants from. Some people like these. Uh, you know, I've I've had wolfberry juice. My wife was buying that mm-hmm. for a while, and uh, supposedly some of the similar benefits. I never noticed any th- any difference in my life yeah. from taking it. But hey, I'm not doing uh, extreme martial arts either. So, right. That was one of my problems. Was that I, you know I was 19 when I was trying right. to market. You were these in products. good shape. You didn't have any pain. So, so I'm trying to market these products to uh, people who have discomfort. You couldn't say pain, Mark. You could only mm-hmm. say discomfort. Uh, so to people that had discomfort, I was trying to market these products to them, and they'd ask me, well, am I, uh, am I using it, and what was my experience? Well, okay, yeah, I'm using the product because they told me I should use the product, and that makes sense and everything, but it, how am I going to be able to really say anything about whether, it, uh, whether it's done anything for me? So that, that was kind of well, a difficult I'm gonna, thing. I'm going to try and put it to the test. Uh, I have um, advanced placement testing coming up uh, tomorrow and next week. And I'm going to be drinking a bottle every day and every night, or a, a, a shot every day and every night. And I'm going to see what my scores are. Well, yeah, uh, but you have to compare. Nothing something. compares to uh, uh, studying for the test, okay? <laughs> Hang on, dude. 800 259 Do you have a story? Uh, what was your experience with MLM? Was it awful? Was it golden? It's Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. Talking about multi-level marketing right now. If you've got a story you want to share with us about your experience, we'd love to hear from you. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you tonight. And Nick. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com where all the features are totally free. And if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, what you can do is shop with us at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. That's Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com. Now, when you enter Amazon through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. Now, it's not like MLM. This is direct sales. So we don't recruit anybody else in, and we don't make a percentage off of uh, anybody else that becomes an Amazon affiliate. It's just direct sales percentage. So do your shopping there at Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and we'll get a cut. Now, we're talking about multi-level marketing, also commonly called network marketing. It's something that people, as they tend to get older, tend to be uh, have a, a much higher chance of encountering. Uh, whether it's in the form of Amway, and I don't even know if they're calling themselves that anymore. I think they've Quickstar. rebranded as Quickstar, simply because Amway, which is the largest network marketing company in the world, the last time I checked, uh, the, simply because Amway has just burned its name. Uh, there's just so many people out there that know the the Amway name, and well, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily Amway that did it. Um, it could very well be the distributors. Uh, a lot of people who are, you know go into this overzealous, and overzealous, and they and it's just as I was talking about before the break. Um, well, you know, some people will. They won't be entirely upfront with the people that they're meeting with, and it can it, it can sully the name of the product. I, I think that Amway, you know, provides a really great service for some people, um, especially if you're sort of in a rural area. You can get everything you need delivered to your door. That's nice. And there's no doubt, as you said earlier, Mark, that a lot of network marketing products are very very good products. You know, the quality and the the, the Various different aspects of the product are, are, are good. In many cases, network marketing products tend to be overpriced 
Um, and that's just my observation, not that I've looked at a whole bunch of them, because there are a lot of MLM uh, companies out there. But, I mean, if you, you know, if you compare like a vitamin product to a vitamin that you get at, uh, at a Walmart or a Target or something like that, it's going to be a lot more through the network marketing program. Now, the network marketers will say that that's because, well, you know, we have to pay everybody at the different levels because each distributor in the chain is, is getting a percentage, basically, off of their lower-level distributors' actions. And so they're, they're, that's the excuse that they make. And, of course, they'll talk about how their, their, their product is of uh, better quality and et cetera, et cetera. And maybe it is. You know, maybe uh, maybe this juice that he's looking at marketing is, is really, you know, the, the magic juice. Uh, Maybe it's not. You know, maybe it's no better than uh, going and buying just blueberry juice or something like that from, from your grocery store. Do they sell blueberry juice at the grocery store? I, I, there's a pomegranate juice that I like to get. Yep. It's very tasty. Uh, but, of course, it's mixed in with other juices, and so is this. Uh, but I'm not here to really analyze this one particular product. I want to talk about, Don't know anything uh, about it. Right, multi-level marketing in general. And, of course, as Alex is, and Alex is doing the right thing. He didn't jump into this, and I'm sure it was tempting, right, with all the boats and the cars and the money that they flash around. Uh, he didn't jump in. He, he's doing due diligence. He's calling us. He's looking on the Internet. And, in fact, there are websites. Apparently, one of them is, uh, according to Newsweek.com, that actually did a feature story on this particular company. There's a website called purplehorror.com, which is a discussion website dedicated to this, where outraged distributors and perhaps more level-headed juice fans trash on the purple elixir. But then, you know, you go back to Alex, who's still on the line with us from New Jersey, and Alex, you said that somebody you know claims to be making $52,000 a year on this product. Not to mention somebody called in and said that it worked worked great for for them. So how do you decide what to do here? Well... Every product well, has looking, detractors. I was looking at some of the numbers, and I believe in the Newsweek article that you referenced, uh, they have a, over a 70% dropout rate, and that um, less than 1% of the people who sign up make money, and less than 10% recoup the costs. I imagine their, that's uh, pretty standard right, across I, MLMs. My, my question to you, um, you know, with those numbers would be, what's the difference between other MLMs? I have no clue. I, I haven't really researched any other MLMs except for Mona V. Right, and you see, this is this is sort of my complaint about the multi-level marketing, uh, you know, business model. I I don't like the way that uh, you know they they go through people. They invest nothing in their in their employees or what you know their their whatever they call them. You have to do the investing. Um, you know, they require you to buy stuff. You just. I just you know there's there's things about the the model that I don't like. However, if it's a good product, I'll buy it. And if it's a good product and you're a good salesperson and you do respect people and you, you look at people as you you don't burn them out, you don't uh, you don't disrespect them, you don't push on them, and and of course you're going to be encouraged to push. You're going to be encouraged. In fact, there's there's kind of a cult mentality in a lot of these places where they'll tell you that well, if your family doesn't like that you're talking about the product a lot, then you know they're not your they're not a good family, uh, and you know you are we're your new family, your family yes. of uh, of product distributors. So. Don't uh, burn any bridges. Respect what people have to say. There is a way to do this business and be successful at it, but be going into it with realistic expectations. Good salespeople are not 
hard sellers. Yeah. <laughs> you know, good salespeople manage to, they work with their, their customers and they, they give them what they want. And he was saying that you've already experienced a desperate MLM guy. The guy that's trying to bring you in is desperate to bring you in and is acting that way. He's claiming he's not going to join the military if you if you join as one of his distributors. Uh, that's, you know, that's not a good sign to me. But nonetheless... Let's talk briefly about the way this co- these companies work and, and who they sort of prey on. Yes, there are success stories, and yes, the products are good. But the way most of them work is they flash a bunch of money around. They, uh, you know, they show boats and, and cars and nice houses, and they, you know, they show the people that have them. So they're real, true stories. There's no doubt about that uh, because you can make money. But they, they flash people with this money and this sexy selling point of – you could have your own business. And who doesn't want that? Who doesn't want to set their own hours? Who doesn't want to own their own business, make their own choices, make their own decisions to no longer have a boss? And that's the, that's the sizzle, you know, that's the sell to network marketing for people that have been working in the corporate world and have had a boss forever. Yeah. This sounds they, great. They know how, how much that stinks. Right. So let's jump in. And, and you're right, uh, Alex, most people don't look at the other network marketing opportunities that are out there. They're just analyzing this one. And so they'll jump in and they're mighty even be a better product out there or a similar product with a better compensation plan. I can tell you, this isn't the only uh, acai juice berry. Uh, what, what's the uh, AC? Acai? Acai berry. Uh, this isn't the only one berries, in, right? in the network marketing industry. So there may be three other companies marketing a similar product. Some of them might have even been around a little bit longer and the compensation plans might be better. You don't know. But the people that are getting into this, they don't know all of these things. They just see, oh, okay, yeah, money. I can make money. I'd like to make money. I'll jump into this. Okay, so I've got to pay $200 a month because that's what your compensation plan is. In order to get even a chance at making a commission, you have to pay the company a $200 a month fee. Now, they send you product for that, but uh, but you know you have to get $200 of product delivered to you every single month in order to even make any commissions off of people that you might happen to recruit in. And so people come on board for these things, and that's a $2,400 a year commitment. Now, a lot of people don't have a whole lot of money saved up, so typically what happens is you're... 200 bucks a month. I mean, I, that's, that's, about, that's the size of my car payment, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty serious commitment. It absolutely is. And it's usually people that don't know what they're doing when it comes to sales. So they're coming in, because if you're a good salesman, you probably are already working somewhere making good sales. So most of the people that come into this business, whatever the business might be, have no idea what they're doing. They're coming in. They're excited by the sizzle. Right. They come in. They spend all this money. And, you know, a year down the line, they've got very little return on investment. Maybe it's because they didn't do the business right. Maybe it's because well, likely, of who knows. Well, well you know, if, if they're not good salespeople, they're not getting good training, then they're not – then it's hard to go out and talk to people. It's hard anyway. Yeah, Even when it's you're, hard. You know, doing, when doing that kind of cold calling, oh, my gosh, that's the, the coldest of cold there. So, Alex, I, I mean, your thoughts on that? Essentially, that's that's why there's a one percent success rate. It's because people get they get taken for a ride, essentially, and then they determine that all oh, this sales thing isn't for me because sales is tough. It's if you can sell, then it'll be great. But if you if you're not confident in your ability and uh, and you're not willing to put the time in and the effort in and apparently the two hundred dollars a month in to have the opportunity to sell this See, product, I, I disagree that sales is tough. Um, I'm of the opinion that sales is very very easy, and if it's not, like it might not be you, the salesperson. Um, I, I, you know, sales is follow up, 
listening to people. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's you know, the no's that are tough, Mark, and you know that. For, for a new salesperson, no's are a tough thing to deal with. I'm not saying you can't yep. deal with it. I'm not saying you can't learn how to be a good salesperson. I'm not saying sales is difficult. Uh, in that it's not simple. Sales is a very simple process, but when everybody's telling you no, it can be a very difficult time. It can be a hard time for somebody who's new to the uh, the concepts. So, uh, Alex, hey, uh, you know what? Uh, thank you for the call tonight. Let us know what you end up deciding on this. I would rather spend the money on the AMP program. <laughs> well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Thank you for the call tonight. Put it towards yourself, though. That makes more sense. Hour two is coming up. Still want to hear from you. If you've got a story about multi-level marketing, uh, network marketing, you want to share your story, feel free. Or bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind as we launch here in hour number two of the program, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. You can take control of the airwaves, and you can comment on the article, or the uh, not article, but the discussion we had the last hour about multi-level marketing. Uh, you're welcome to do that, or bring up whatever you want. We continue with your calls. Rich is in New Hampshire. Rich, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Well, howdy. Hey, Rich. Good, good to be back home. Yeah, yeah, you've been out traveling around. You're back in New Hampshire. Welcome back. What's on your mind? Well, I wanted to weigh in on the, the MLM thing, or the network marketing Yes, sir. I, I've actually tried several different programs, and the first one that I really got into, I was introduced to it uh, by a, a, a student when I was teaching English in Japan back in the early 90s, and the timing couldn't have been better. I had a jerk for a boss, and I, didn't, and I was wondering what in the world I wanted to do with my life, mm-hmm. and, and all I'd ever known was what what we all learn in school, and that is how to get good grades so that you can go to a good college so you can get a degree so you can get a job, meaning working for somebody else. Yep. And here for the first time, I was really seeing something completely different. And while I wasn't successful with that particular program, it was, uh, it, was it completely changed the way I, I think about the world and how to apply my talent to it to make a living and not necessarily get caught caught up in a career and so that that has i think a lot to do with my shall we say unconventional lifestyle you know um, i i think this is absolutely true that there's a lot to learn from uh you know trying a good mlm and um i i hope that uh i didn't dissuade anyone from you know mlms in general that... i don't regret it i don't regret my experience i mean even right. though i sunk six grand into it and i probably could have gotten the same level of uh, sales education from buying a few books it was what was motivating me to be entrepreneurial and to kind of get into that realm which just seems to be what i'm hearing from you rich that you know this was kind of your first foray into being an entrepreneur and that that was a positive experience for you yeah well that actually the, the very first one i tried i pretty pretty much fell flat on my face, but then yeah. I, I took a, a look at other ones, and I found one that was a lot more to my liking, and it, was, and it really was product-centered, and uh, wonderful products that had a, quite a, a, a dramatic imp- impact on me. 
And so, so, but you know, after a while, I get tired of convincing people that that uh, they need to change their dietary habits or whatever. And and even some of the best customers they drop off, which can be discouraging. Mm. In, in recent years, I've been tempted to try it again. You know, every now and then something will come along, and I go, "Wow, that looks really good." But of course, I one of the changes that I've made in my life is I don't use a social security number, which I call a slave surveillance number. Yeah, you're not going to be able to sign up without some sort of uh, tax number with, with, I think, all of these companies. Right, yeah, yeah. So that, that in and of itself is a good enough reason for me to not get to back, not to get back into it. But well, there's plenty of ways anyway, to make money outside of the network marketing industry, that's for sure, but it's, there are a lot of ups and downs, and it's mostly downs. But then yeah, again, isn't that well, true of most businesses? I mean, look at look at uh, you know the restaurant business, for instance. It's it's right. well known that it, people that go into the restaurant business, what is it, five percent of them make it past the first year? No, I don't think that's the number now. Isn't it one percent well, that make that, it past five years? Yeah, not only that, but they're investing a lot more than just a couple hundred dollars. That's true. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, All right, Rich, any other thoughts? You guys, yeah. Well, I, yeah, you guys. I, I had some other ideas, but you guys pretty much touched upon it that. They really are good products, and mm-hmm. and uh, if you if you go into it with the right attitude, if you if you go into it thinking that you're going to make a whole boatload of money, you're just setting yourself up for a letdown, unless you get really lucky. But if you go into it loving the products and learning and and uh, meeting interesting people and getting some good training and whatever. I say go for it. Yeah, and and that's yeah. what I said from the very beginning is it's about the product. If it's about anything but the product, there's going to be a problem. And uh, you know, that's not going to that's not going to help anybody, honestly. Thank you Rich for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you and thank you for the story and the personal experience. 800-259-9231. Now the product he was talking about, no no sense in mentioning what it was again. It's already been mentioned a few times and they certainly aren't paying us for advertising. <laughs> uh, but the the product that he was talking about, as I suggested, there are probably other products out there. And it didn't take me very long to find one of them. Uh, just as an example, it, you go to the purplehorror.com website. One of the first things you see is somebody else pitching their competing product. So I went to look at that one, and I went and I looked at their compensation plans. They've got the, you know, they've all got the different diamond level things and the percentages and the, the rebates and all kinds of numbers to look at. But one of the things that was most important to me to look at was what do you have to pay to actually have a chance at making a commission? According to Alex. The company he's looking at, it's a $200 a month, uh, basically, auto ship that you have to get on, where they send you $200 worth of product every single month. And whether you drink it all yourself or give it away or sell it, that's up to you. That's where these companies make their money, is on the, their distributors buying the product at these so-called wholesale rates, which, of course, you know, still includes a hefty markup for all of the other vendors that are, or the, all of the other distributors that are in your upline. Right. So, you know, your average product uh, going to the grocery store, it's, it's usually keystoned, I guess, is what I understand. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, less than that. I don't know. But, uh, you know, they, they pay for the production of the product and, you know, the profit they need built in. And then, of course, the shipping and then the, the grocery store, you know, needs to pay them. But when you're talking about paying all those people in that upline that makes you know that could drive up the price of a product it still needs to be moved around and shipped and produced yes. it's just uh you know the only thing they're taking out of the picture is the grocery store oftentimes it's a cheaper way for the manufacturer to distribute their product but certainly not necessarily you know a, a better deal for the customer or for uh, the, the people who are doing the uh, distributing 
that being said, there are some of these that you know that do have a great business model, and I'm right now I'm ready to roll out the free talk live multi level marketing <laughs> ad sales uh, <laughs> uh, you know uh, uh, campaign here. So uh, <laughs> you know, so I was going to say because uh, I know Alex is still listening that in less than five minutes of doing research, I found a competing MLM company selling a very similar looking product, you know, with a fancy bottle and everything. And that particular company is doing their uh, sales plan at $100 per month buy-in, so half the price right there. It may not be as good of a product. We don't know. I don't know. know. I I didn't compare the products. I just saw it, and, you know, it's... Okay, I'd actually heard of this one because Dave Ridley's got an advertiser that's uh, that's promoting their their distributorship uh, through them at, uh, at RidleyReport.com. But they, Alex said that in order to make money at this one product, you have to have two distributors. Well, this other product, the competitor, you can start making money right away, and it costs half the amount to get involved. So five minutes worth of researching, and I found a better, what looks to be a better compensation plan. Right, may out not the, be a better product, and that makes right it, that would gate. make it more difficult to sell the product with, you know, if 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 it's not as good, then yeah. you know there's a problem. And, and, and you need to go in knowing that, and it needs to be about the product. Uh, that's that's the first thing that I would uh, you know say to anybody. This product needs to really motivate you. Let's continue with your call. Steve is in Texas. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, Steve. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, nothing. I just wanted to talk about how I uh, made some money off the pyramid scheme you guys were talking about. Tell us about the, it. This one better, in particular? Better, better. Okay. We'll see you later. Thank you for the call. Click. You know, I don't know why they keep bothering <laughs> with, uh, with that. Nobody's hearing what they're saying, so... Anyway, we continue. 800-259-9231. So, Nick, after listening to all this, are you ready to run out, find an MLM company to join up and change your life? Not really, no. Start running your uh, own business? I mean, you might be able to make money at it, but the odds seem pretty long. And it, to me, it's, it's, it's just a little suspect. The whole, the whole marketing system that, that it's built on, it, to me, it seems like if it was a decent product, they'd probably go with conventional marketing schemes. Now, maybe, you know, they couldn't take the startup costs and the people who were behind this product just really wanted to get it out. But for the m- most part, and I, you guys have been pretty balanced on this, for the most part, what gets sold in a multi-level marketing scheme, it, it seems to be overpriced for what you're getting. I don't want to say it's snake oil because it might do what it's advertised to do, as far as the consumer is concerned, there's a very good chance they could find a better product at a regular retail outfit or through some other source. So I don't know. I, as far as better products, I'm not prepared to say that. I I have found some of the best products that in the the general category, you know, the the specific category from MLM companies. However, that doesn't make it necessarily you know the the best one for you to be in business. With. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want, share your story on this topic, or anything goes. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are completely free, and they include... The Shrine of Female Listeners, dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Head over to shrine.freetalklive.com. See for yourself at shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're thinking about starting a business, here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. 
LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. I've done it. It is. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks. Use code FTL to save 10 bucks off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. If you don't have a will, you can go over there. You can get one cheap. I think it's 50 bucks with the, uh, with the FTL um, code. And you will have taken care of this problem quickly and easily, and your family will not be at the mercy of the government if you pass away tomorrow. LegalZoom.com. Before we continue with the calls, uh, since we're exhausted, I think, on MLM calls here, but I, I just had one more thought on MLM in general, multi-level marketing, network marketing. We were talking about how, yes, some of the products are great, and yes, you certainly can make money. I mean, there are a lot of real success stories out there. Of course, most people fail, and they fail hard, and they burn relationships. And you know, there's a right way and there's a wrong way to go about doing this particular business. And one of the right ways is to do what Alex was doing last hour, and that is do some due diligence. Get online, do some research. People back in the 70s and the 80s and the early 90s did not have the ability uh, to look into things, look into these offers and these opportunities in the way that we do today. And I think that's one way that people can really take a serious look at uh, whatever MLM opportunity is being put in front of them. But I think one of my greatest concerns, and I, we talked about some of the positives of this business. I think in general, one of my greatest concerns about the MLM industry as a whole is the amount of damage it does to, I think, the entrepreneurial mindset. And the reason I say that is because the people they target, as I was saying before, are, are the kind of folks that have been involved in the corporate world. They've been working for somebody their whole life. They've never been an entrepreneur. These are a lot of the people that are, that are attracted to an MLM opportunity because it sounds so great. You get to set your own hours. You can make as much money as you can make. It's you know compensation at different levels. And you know, there's all kinds of money being flashed around. And so people get, you know, they get suckered in by all that, and they think that they can have that too. And it's possible. It sure is possible that they can have it. But when they start burning their bridges and everything like that with their uh, relatives and their friends, and then they end up not making the sales they thought they were going to make, and they end up having to spend thousands of dollars just to stay in the organization, and by the time a year or a year and a half is done, they're in the hole several thousand dollars, they haven't made hardly any sales, and that's when they throw in the towel and they say, boy, this whole working for myself thing just isn't for me. I'm going back to work for somebody else. And I think there are a lot of people that end up that way. We had Rich on the line telling us, well, he tried like seven different ones. So are there certainly MLM junkies that'll, you know, try one, then try another, then try another, then try another to see Junkie which isn't the nicest which, term. Which shoe fits. Uh, but, but I think most people get dis, disillusioned with the whole um, occasion and end up just kind of going back to a, a J-O-B job. And that was one of the reasons they quit for the MLM thing in the first place was to try to find their own way and, and be an entrepreneur. And I think it's dangerous because of that. And, and also, if you look at the way some of these companies are run, you mentioned a couple of companies, Mark, Tupperware and Avon are two of the most successful multi-level marketing companies out there. Uh, Tupperware, of course, uh, makes uh, the things that you store food in, and mm-hmm. Avon sells from New Hampshire beauty products. I didn't know that. Yeah, and both of these companies started as MLM pr- uh, product companies, where they were only being distributed at these, you know, Tupperware parties or Avon uh, get-togethers, whatever they call them. Right, and one of the nice things about Avon is they've targeted, and Tupperware for that matter, targeted people who could otherwise couldn't have jobs like stay-at-home moms and, you know, gave them an opportunity to contribute to the family. Yeah. They weren't, you know, they may have pitched them on boats and cars and, uh, you know, mansions, or they may have just said, hey, make some money at home, you can make... You can, you can make, make your, an extra income that's yeah. you know as as large as you want it to be, as large as you want to put the effort into, right? That's all true. Then, after they got to a certain level of success, these companies stabbed their distributors in the back 
in my opinion, by going and getting their uh, their products marketed at other uh, at, at major retailers. And I think Tupperware is at Target stores, and I don't know where Avon is. I'm, but I, Avon's all around. I know but, that much. Yeah, but they're now being sold through major distri- distribution points. So how is a distributor supposed to compete with that? I don't know. I, I don't know what they're. I'm sure they have an answer to that question as far as it being a common objection to people that are looking at their business opportunities. But that's not something I would be wanting to to uh, to compete with. If somebody can just go into Target and get the very same product that I'm offering, then what, why would they buy it through me? Besides the fact they like me. So they stabbed their distributors in the back. What about the companies that go out of business? How about that one? There are plenty of MLM uh, companies out there that have gone under. In fact, that's one of the things they're known for in the business is, oh, well, they're on one hand, you do want to get involved with a startup because if you're on the ground floor, then you can make a whole bunch of money. But on the other hand, if you get involved with a startup, then there's a good chance they're going to go under right. the next year. There seems to be a lot of gambling going on here. And, you know, when you compare it to a regular job... You, you know, you don't have, for a regular job, you don't have to invest much except the gasoline to get there and yeah. perhaps the clothes to uh, to wear while you're there. Um, and they give you a paycheck every month. Compare that to what the MLMs do, and you, you, you can see that there's some distinct differences. Well, now, of course, there's going to be risk in any entrepreneurial activity. I mean, there's going to be risk, and people should enter into it knowing that. But one of the problems with this particular form of entrepreneurial activity is you're not really a true entrepreneur it's sort of an illusion of being an entrepreneur you're, you're kind of halfway there because you're still working for the company you're still following their rules you're marketing their product you're behaving as an independent distributor you're not really an entrepreneur in that an entrepreneur i think a true entrepreneur is somebody that finds uh, a, a way to provide a product or service to the marketplace right. on their own the guy that, is, that, that, that trotted out this product is the entrepreneur he's the entrepreneur exactly so this is kind of like entrepreneur training wheels and it's good for that in my opinion it's good to get people you know used to doing things for themselves and excited about doing things for themselves but i think the other side of that coin is that when they crash and burn, as most people do in network marketing, as most uh, most people do when they start their own businesses, when they crash and burn, they may believe that just being an entrepreneur is not for them, when in fact they weren't really an entrepreneur to begin with. So if a company goes out of business, let's say you've been successful. Let's say you get into one of these brand new upstart companies, like the one he was looking at. It started in 2005. That's pretty new on the scale of things. So let's say you get in and you do start uh, making $50,000 a year, as, as his friend claimed to be making. And then next year, they go out of business. Let's say you made a million dollars a year as like a top diamond-level distributor. Then they just go under for whatever reason. Maybe most people just weren't doing that well with it. Or, you know, somebody at the business was scamming. Uh, a lot of times the FDA or some other government agency will come in and shut these businesses down for making false claims or making claims that they illegally were, you know, were not legally allowed to make with the products. Maybe the claims were true, but the FDA will come in and shut them down. So there you have, you know, this downline that you've spent years building. And you've got all this money coming in, and then all of a sudden, one day, the company goes out of business. You weren't really the entrepreneur. You were working for them. So keep that in and, mind, and too. The, and your downline wasn't really your downline. You created it for, for the, company. the company, and then the company either went out of business or whatever. And this is kind of the the thing that I always thought of as a salesperson is, um, you know, they, they – they tell you, you know, you've got your list as a salesperson, your your exclusive clients or whatever, but they're not your clients. They're the radio show or station's clients. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're, they're only yours if you built them. Yeah, and as long as you stay there, then you get to tend to them. But if you get blown out the door, they're not yours anymore. 
So think think about these things as you face the inevitable MLM pitchman that comes into your life. 1-800-259-9231. It's a business, and it's risky, and that's okay. Think about that if you go to work for Clear Channel, too. They just blow out a bunch of salespeople. Alakees.com is a community for self-learners. At Alakees, you'll find tools to help you connect with people learning the same things you're learning, tutor other community members, and to make contacts that can help you find jobs. You can also earn money by sharing your know-how with others and contributing quality content. Visit Alakees at A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. Again, that's A-L-E-K-E-S-E dot com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You dial toll-free, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here. And Nick. And Mark. And you can bring up whatever's on your mind. That's the point of the show. You can also join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are totally free, including live streams, broadband version, dial-up version, webcam, all free at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen. Dot freetalklive.com. As we continue taking your phone calls, uh, we where, of course, you can bring up anything. Oh, one more thing. i got to tell you about the Free State Project. If you want a shot, a real shot, at liberty in your lifetime, there is no better place than here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. This is the destination. This is the place that is drawing the best liberty activists from around the country and around the world in order to get active for freedom all in one geographic location. And I can tell you, it is making a huge difference. It has only just begun at this point. So get it on the ground floor! <laughs> anyway, go to freestateproject.org. That's Nothing the, to buy. <laughs> that's true. It's just a commitment uh, in your mind. It's just the rest of your life. Yeah, freestateproject.org. I guess you could draw some comparisons between MLM and uh, the Free State Project. Well, the Free State Project project has a product, um, yeah. and I guess in the sense that it's selling liberty, and it's a chance at liberty. There's no guarantees that we're going to have success here in New nope. Hampshire. However, it makes more sense to me, it, you know, it made sense to me enough to uh, pick up my family and move, and, uh, you know, maybe it'll, make, maybe it'll make sense to you, because what they're doing for liberty and the rest of the nation, we've been doing all along, which is talk to your friends and fam- family members yeah. and call some radio stations and get the word out. How's that working out? Think tanks, go for it. You know, I'm all for those things. Please, sure. let's keep them going. But but they make more sense concentrated. Right. All of those things make more sense if they were all happening in the same place. And that's one of the things we're trying to do here. Freestateproject.org. We continue with your phone calls where Ken is on the line in New York. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Ken, New York, going once. Ken and New... Hello? Hello? Ken, you're on the air. What's on your mind? Um, I actually, I had a recent run-in with uh, your guys' favorite blue light gang out in New York. Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's one of the best blue light gangs in the country. Oh, it's, um... An incredible nanny state, and was one of the main reasons I signed up for the Free State Project that you guys just mentioned. Uh, get out of there while you still can. <laughs> right. uh, if you're listening in uh, Massachusetts, New York, Illinois, uh, Illinois Minnesota, yeah, California. Uh, <laughs> Michigan, um, you know, California, you might make you might complain about the weather, but you can't complain about the weather if you live in Massachusetts, uh, New York. Oh, I see Illinois. what you're saying. Yeah. So, you know, those people, no reason to move. Friends and family, no reason not to move. Right. Mean. That's that. No reason not to move because. 
Uh, Southwest has $69 uh, flights. You can go I'm visit sa- them anytime you and want. And I'm telling you, get out of there while you still can. Uh, and I'm sure you know this because they're always increasing the amount of taxes and regulations. I actually just got a, a letter today from somebody in New York State. Prison. He's in the Auburn prison, and uh, we happen to have an affiliate in Auburn, and thank goodness that we do, and this is one reason why it's so important to have the message of freedom on the radio, because radio waves reach places where the internet just doesn't, and those guys sitting in the state prison in Auburn are able to listen to our Saturday night show, and this guy listens every single Saturday night. It took him months just to get our address to uh, to get a letter out to us, but I mean, how great is it that uh, that people on the inside are able to listen to Free Talk Live? Anyway, go ahead uh, with your thoughts tonight what was what was on your mind um um i was actually the other day i was driving down the road and um driving with traffic on the highway i uh, got pulled over and cop said i was speeding which i may have been but to me i was driving safely with traffic and after going through waiting 15 minutes for him and his truck to come out to me afterwards he said he was going to cut me a break and give me a, uh, a seatbelt violation instead of the speeding ticket. Hmm. Now, is it a primary state or are you in a secondary uh, seatbelt law state? It is a primary violation. Okay. And so the the first thing that insulted me was he sat there in my window pretty much waiting for a thank you. <laughs> well, I don't know necessarily. Um, you know that that's that's what he was doing. I, you know, this is this is a common thing by uh, police officers is to 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 give you the the discount on the ticket and just write you one for for well, whatever. Well, what made you believe that he was waiting for a thank you? Did he just hover for a little while? And um, yeah, and then by the uh, after five ten seconds, I said, all right, we'll have a good one, and and then, and then he went on his way after that. Hmm. But um. I was thinking about it. I got this maybe three days ago, and I was thinking about it. And um, it seems to me it actually discourages people from challenging the violation. Yeah. In what way? um, I've talked to a few people uh, about similar incidents, and they said um, typically the uh, officer also files the speeding ticket behind that violation. So if you do challenge it, then at that point, they will say, okay, well, we'll switch the violation, and here's the speeding ticket that you should have gotten. Really? That I've never heard of. But I believe it. Nor have I. And I, I, this is just all hearsay, so I don't know what merit it has to it. But um, also I was driving an out-of-state vehicle, so mm-hmm. I know I was targeted for that. Okay. But, um. The thing is, is that to me, I find it very difficult for me to send in a letter pleading guilty to a seatbelt violation that I know I was not guilty of. Why aren't you, Why weren't you guilty of it? Uh, I had my seatbelt on. Even like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to the seatbelt laws completely. And but you're not. But you're not opposed to uh, living through an accident. Oh no! Right. It's, it's, I wear my seatbelt through my own free choice. Right. 
Right, but what he so what you're saying is you were speeding and the cop was going to give you a ticket for speeding, then decided to cut you a break and give you the lesser f- amount of fine, which would be a speed a, a seatbelt ticket, even though you were actually wearing your seatbelt. Do you happen to know yeah. if it's going to affect your insurance to get a seatbelt? Is that a moving? Is the seatbelt uh, violation a moving violation? Um, I don't think it is, but it is not, and it also it doesn't put a, a point on your license. Right in the states. That so the insurance that. company wouldn't. Uh, Man, <laughs> I'd pay their I'd pay their seatbelt fine. Are How you much sure is about that? Because as an insurance company, the company I was with and may still be—I don't know if they still do this—but uh, there are some insurance companies that will cut you a break if you're a seatbelt wearer, right? Or I mean, if they find out that you're not well, wearing you your seatbelt, really... couldn't they dock you on that? Well, you don't have an option anymore anywhere in the country, whether or not you're a seatbelt wearer. Except you, so, do. I don't... you do in New Hampshire. Uh, I thought they just passed the seatbelt law. No, Hampshire. it's been tabled. It hasn't passed yet. They're trying very, very hard, so you're almost right. But the, as of today, you are wrong. Oh, okay. Well, another Thank reason goodness. to uh, move to New Hampshire. Yes, yes, indeed. So you're still um, debating what you want to do in this particular case? Um, it is. It's pretty much um, I don't want to plead guilty to something that I'm not guilty of, but I don't want to be thrown under the bus for a higher fine that I can't argue with. Um, you're a member of the Free State Project? Yes, I am. I signed up in January. Pay their fine and move to New Hampshire. That's my advice. Yeah, it's not worth making the stand in New York, in my opinion. Nick, your thoughts? Well, I, I would agree with that, unless you feel wronged by this, in which case, I mean... You can if they up if they up it to an actual speeding violation. I don't know how much you pay for insurance or what your financial status is, but if it's not going to kill you to fight it, even if they do pull that out and you want to fight it, go ahead. I mean, if just if, remember that the fight is uh, doesn't stop with the fine that they give you. There's going to be an ongoing fine from your insurance company right. and increased rates. No, do you, I, another question I had was: Do you guys know? Um, do they put on? Um, courtroom charges or legal charges along with that if you challenge it not that yeah, i don't know what the rules are in new york but that's a very realistic possibility good luck out there and uh, let us know if you've got more to tell us on your story later on as it develops thank you ken yeah. 800-259-9231 it would be impossible for us to give legal advice for every state we just yeah. don't know that kind of th- kind of stuff but uh you know i if it's not a moving violation i would be very reticent to uh to, uh, to take a moving violation, if that, if in fact the speeding uh, ticket is, you know, backing up that uh, that seatbelt thing that he didn't do, you know, uh, here in New Hampshire, I had my insurance go down. So from Florida, as compared to Florida, Quite a bit. so uh, incredible that's amount. Another reason to consider moving sooner rather than later, because you'll save money on your car insurance. Probably call your insurer to check that. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. I think mine went down by like two hundred bucks a year. Free, uh, free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free. Now, if you like the show... And you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier for as little as three bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the program, bringing as many liberty-loving or bringing as many people onto this show, hopefully turning uh, turning them eventually into liberty-minded people. That's certainly one of the perks to this program. We can get 
Free Talk Live on as many radio stations across the country as possible. And as we pointed out just a few moments ago, or as I pointed out, that means that new people are going to be discovering the ideas of freedom, including people on the inside, people behind bars. Uh, Mark, you had a, a radio when you were in prison. Mm-hmm. Right? And I enjoyed talk radio, and I appointments uh, listened much more than I do uh, today. I mean, I, I found those, uh, the, you know, some shows to be very motivating, and I would listen to them every day or every evening, and, and you know, so... Yeah. Now, how did you, this letter. How did you get to? Uh, how did you work it out with the other prisoners as to what you listened to? Did you have to kind of listen to country half the time and then listen to talk radio or, or like this was the prison? Channel? I had my own radio. Really, they give you Radios your own cheap. radio. They don't give you anything. Oh, okay. You, you, you <laughs> sent it away in a uh, package permit is what they called it. Oh, interesting. And, um, you know, it was a little Walkman. I had both. There was a Super Tuner by GE, I think is what it's called. Yeah. And. Uh, they, there was also I had a little Walkman. So you'd also have to buy batteries when the batteries. Yes, they sold double uh, A batteries in the uh, canteen. So you don't get to do that in jail. You can only do that in prison for the most part. Um, I think that some jails have radios that uh, run out of like wall socket uh, situations, huh. so you can plug into the wall, kind of like an airplane. Well, anyway, I totally didn't even think about the fact that re- uh, people on the inside of jails and prisons are completely unable to get free talk live over the internet. So that's one of the ways that. Uh, the, our radio affiliates are incredibly valuable, and obviously there are still a lot of people out there in America that don't have access to the Internet or aren't interested in the Internet, and they still d- uh, deserve to hear the message of freedom as well. So and that's a great way to get people to hear this Many stuff. people that you know weren't intending to necessarily listen to the show were just listening to their favorite talk station are hearing the and show. And here we are. Exactly. Powerful. So help us get on more radio stations around the country. Go to amp.freetalklive.com. As we go to your phone calls, William is in Tennessee on the amp line. Hello, William. Hey, I'm going to go out on a limb on that last call. The uh, That was at drug stop. The guy who got and a speeding ticket? Or who was going to get a speeding ticket, but instead was offered a, uh, was given a seatbelt ticket instead? What makes you think it was a drug stop? Because um, he had out-of-state plates, and the police officer needed a pretense to pull the guy over. Hmm. So he, he said he's going, driving with the flow of traffic. He had out-of-state plates. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the police officer saw the out-of-state plates, saw a, a young white man driving by himself, and thought, this guy might be moving product. Yeah, but he didn't ask to search, or at least we weren't told that he asked to search. No, but he had to get a better look at the car. Well, if he's moving okay. product, how's getting a better look at the car going to reveal anything? I guess if there's a... Marijuana, you're going to smell it. Right. Um, if he's acting overtly nervous when you pull him over... He's going to. You're going to be able to tell the cops pick up on these clues. Sure, but a lot of people um, act nervous. A, but they need to get up close and personal to tell whether they're going to go out on a limb and execute the stop. And I, I say this uh, out of a little bit of experience, having police officer friends that tell me how they operate, and then um, through my blog, hearing stories um, about people who uh, who get pulled over um, on very. Uh, had their lives ruined um, um, by police officers on fishing expeditions. But, I mean, out-of-state drivers tend to be targeted just for ticket revenue, not just for drug stops. I mean, in many right, states... Right, right. But, but this guy fits a profile. Um, I'm, I'm assuming um, he, he sounded a little bit younger, um, sounded like he might have been in his 20s, um, driving out-of-state plates by himself, um, this is uh, the police profile. 
Sure they do. Um, no, I, I won't deny anything that you're saying as far as, yeah, the, the police, possibility exists on all this. The, but. the police are pulling people over without estate plates for the reasons that you suggest. And absolutely, if there was, uh, you know, marijuana odor coming from the car, it would certainly have led to uh, more action on the police's part. But that said, a lot of people get nervous when the police pull them over, even if they don't have a warrant out for their arrest or, you know, 20 pounds of pot in the trunk or cocaine or or whatever. But what what is revealing to me, I think, and why I don't believe that you're correct in this instance, is that if it was a fishing expedition, he would have fished and asked, can I search your car? Or step out, please, you know, I need to search your car or whatever. He would have he would have gone the searching route because that's that's an incredibly successful way to bust people is they don't know they can say no to a search and the cops know that. So they'll ask it. So the fact that the cop and I'm presuming he didn't ask because it wasn't mentioned, but uh, presuming the cop did not ask to search, then maybe it wasn't what you were suggesting. Well, um, uh, the, the other reason is because he, the police officer said he was pulling over for one reason and then wrote it, wrote it down for another reason, thinking that the young man wouldn't have um, uh, reported it as uh, misconduct, just sent in the ticket and not contested this in court. Um, if the police officer is writing you a ticket for something that you haven't done, you know, uh, is being disingenuous, uh, and you want to go out on a limb, you know, file a misconduct uh, report. I'm just extremely mistrustful when um, police officers willing to pull someone over for one offense that they didn't, for they, that they said that they did do, and then um, write them for uh, something that okay. they didn't do. Well, I, I, I'm with you, and, and you know, I was just thinking as you were saying that is um, there are products out there, and I know that uh, I, don't, I know the gadget universe has one. Is uh, little cameras that you can have in your car that have uh, both a microphone and a camera built in for basically just this sort of situation. Um, they don't look very obtrusive. Uh, an officer wouldn't necessarily know what he was seeing, and um, then you would have the officer saying, you know. Um, I'll go ahead and write you a ticket for wearing your seatbelt instead of this, uh, you know, the, the speeding thing. And if this is a state where you don't have to have the consent of the person being recorded, he'd be in big, big trouble for that crap. Oh, yeah. Use your cell phone recorder and rec- anytime you get pulled over, record that call. Either that or uh, call your own voicemail or uh, call your answering machine at home um, so that you get they get a recording of the stop. That's a good idea, but you want to make sure you understand what the uh, the situation is in your state with recording parties without their consent uh, or without notification, because here in New Hampshire, you pretty much have to notify the people you want to record. And I'm not sure that if the, the police officer offers to let you out of one charge and just write you up on another one, you know, presuming that you weren't wearing your seatbelt in the case that we were hearing, that's not necessarily going to land the officer in hot water because they do have discretion to simply let you go. They can give you a warning. But to give you a ticket for something you didn't do? But it's well, a ticket that costs you less. Yes. I, I mean, understand, but going, it's a ticket for something about, you didn't do. Right, but you're talking about going after an officer. I mean, these people are going to steal your time and your money to some extent whenever they contact you. You're talking about going after an officer for essentially cutting you a break uh, I don't know. Do you want to just have the officers out there writing people tickets for full amounts uh, and, and and charging people more? I mean, either I way. I don't want anything in particular. Right. Well, right. I'd, I, I'd rather I, they leave me alone, but if I'm going to have to pay one of their fines, I'd rather pay the $70 fine than the $200 I'm not uh, looking at fine. the general societal uh, effect of uh, what it is. I would be looking at specifically how does this affect me. And specifically, that would be that would mean that, you know, hey, I might be able to get out of this ticket entirely if I choose to uh, battle it. And 
um, you know, see some justice done in this particular instance. Okay. Hey, William, thanks for the call tonight. Good hearing from you. 800-259-9231. All I'm saying is, Mark, if you go in there and you impeach this police officer, then there's a much lower chance that that cop is ever going to, you know, cut anybody a break ever again. Understood. Was that a break? Was it a break? That's what he was saying. Yeah, the seatbelt fine would be lower than the speeding ticket. If it was, in fact, a break, though. That's presumably the reason why he did it. I believe that was what he was telling He doesn't even know us. if he was speeding. He said he was keeping up with traffic, which is the very best thing no. to say if you're fighting a ticket. Presumably he was speeding. Most people, if it was on the highway, most you're, you, if you're like me and you're going with the flow of traffic, you're going above the speed I limit. believe he said he was speeding. The most important call. thing you can do is maintain your vehicle in a safe fashion, and keeping up with traffic is, is a way to do that. And um, the, you know, It's one of the best excuses one it, can use well, for speeding. It's, it's not likely to get you out of a ticket. I mean, they will... People will I've use seen it. it. I've seen it happen. It, Watched it happen. It, it can, but if the flow of traffic is 90 and a 55, you're probably not, still not getting out of the ticket. Toll free, 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Let's talk to Doug calling from Mexico. Doug, you're on Free Talk Live. Mexico City. Call me patient zero. I feel fine. (laughs) Hey, good to know. How are things down there? You know, they're fine. I flew down here at the time when people were the most freaked out about it and never said, no, don't go, don't go. (laughs) In the airport in Houston, I saw 5% of people wearing masks. In Mexico City, there was about... 15% 15% to 20%, and most people wear them only because their employees are making everyone else feel more comfortable about it. I We're see. Fine. I know there was a reason you were calling tonight. We'll get to that, so hang on. More with Doug, your calls as well. Hour number three is on the way. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. That is the point of the show, and that's why we call it Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231 as we launch here into the third hour of the program, 1-800-259-9231. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com as we continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. We'll start things out by going back to Doug, who is in Mexico City right now, where you say that you feel just great, Doug. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I got something now. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I feel fine. My whole family down here is fine. No one's got the swine flu. Well, that's that's good to know. Uh, so what were yeah. you calling in about tonight? Well, we went on a little trip down here, and um, some really amazing uh, observations I wanted to share with you. First of all, lots of cops with guns. They don't enforce any traffic laws. It doesn't seem like it anyway. My brother-in-law has been here for three years. Speeding, they're just really, they don't give up speeding tickets. He's going 90 miles an hour down the road, down the freeways here. Then They just don't pull you over for that. There's, huh. there's just this unspoken rule of move over and get out of the way and keep on going. Wow. There are, uh, there are very few stoplights, and the ones that are there and working are ignored almost universally. <laughs> That's except awesome. For the, yeah, except for the ones that matter. And people know which ones are the important ones to obey because they're a little more dangerous. But you right, know, you can't see around the bushes, or the the intersection is uh, is difficult, or always busy, or something like that. Exactly. 
there's a lot of roundabouts, and um, my sister and brother-in-law say things like, there are just hardly any accidents at all. There are no cops enforcing these, these people driving straight through red lights all the time. And what happens is that people are more um, observant. They have to be because their safety is in their hands. They're not mm-hmm. complacent like you guys have spoken about before. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Kind of neat. Yep. Now, another, another thing, uh, we went to this uh, whitewater rafting, and I'd been down here before with them. And uh, when you go to, like, parks or uh, amusement parks or natural beauty areas, there aren't the giant railings blocking you, you know, every single, you know, possible viewpoint is gone and your six-year-old kid can't see anything because of the giant fence in the way. There's like no fences or just very few. And it's understood that if you're stupid enough to lean too far over, you'll fall and you might die. This is a cliff, everyone. That happens. (laughs) Everyone, this is a cliff. You could fall off. Exactly. It says, you know, danger, you know, and there may be one sign, but they really understand that people will take responsibility for themselves. And it works pretty darn well. You know, and this is a bustling city. It's not a third world country in any sense of the matter. I'm living I'm right now in a beautiful house that has gas, electricity, and everything. And, you know, it just, it works quite nicely. Cool. Uh, you know, my brother-in-law is a... So people uh, can contract. really take care of themselves. How about that? They, they really can. And those who don't, they, they, they might get hurt, but nobody sues anyone down here. Really? You know, they understand it. It was my darn fault for leaning over too far or, or hitting that guy's car or whatever the case is. It's not... I don't think mothers against drunk driving is down here at all, which is probably a good thing. And isn't it true that the uh, that Mexican government is looking at uh, finally looking at seriously doing drug decriminalization down there? Have you heard about that? You know, I, I haven't talked to them about drug decriminalization. Has that been in the news at all, Todd? I don't know if it has been or not. But um, I, I know the news about the other country that they did that in. It. I was looking for that kid to report myself. I don't really know. I think there's a lot of uh, just underground hush hush and. It's not even that hush hush. No, I, I just don't know to tell the truth. I haven't gotten into it that much. All right, so what are the what are the police doing there in uh, Mexico City if they're not passing out tickets and giving people uh, probably you know, selling drugs <laughs> citations know, probably. for? You know, it's funny because you see a lot of the you see a lot of cops with, with machine guns at toll booths. Oh, here's something that's really interesting: the toll booths. You know what your toll goes to pay for when you go through these toll booths? The road. Your insurance. Your insurance. Yeah, it's that's you're, very strange. You're, you're, how does that work? Road maintenance and, and car insurance. It's interesting that the, they pay for insurance oftentimes through the toll booth system. How does that work? Well, I, I, I haven't really found out for sure, but I'm assuming it's like this. You want to drive on this road, um, insurance is not mandatory, but these, if there's an accident, they want to, they want to make sure that they're, you know, they're not going to get sued, so they probably make part of the toll go towards insurance for your vehicle if you were to get into an accident. Hmm. It's kind of an interesting way of, uh, you know, covering that. It is an interesting So it's some sort of government policy. insurance policy? Sounds like it, yes. <laughs> Whatever it's, it is, it's inefficient, but uh, what are you going to do? Very unusual. So what else do you have to share? Yeah. Anything else interesting? Well, uh, we there was a lot of fire at this camp we were at, a lot of exposed fire, like tiki torches, mm-hmm. everywhere. And there weren't any, there, you know, there weren't any, like, grates around them. There was, you know, there was trees above them. The place could have burned down, but it didn't because the owners have a vested interest in making sure that it wouldn't burn down and that people would be safe and they would tell their friends about how great it is. There's a lot of interesting um, things like that where there's a lot of freedom down here. Uh, and I think there's probably a lot of government corruption also, but they go hand in hand sometimes, you know? 
Very interesting, Doug. I thank you for sharing that story, and have yourself a sure. safe trip, ba- uh, trip back here. Thank you. 800-259-9231. Always interesting to hear you know, the perspective from people that are world travelers, folks that are going around the world, different countries. Uh, Gene called in from uh, last night talking about his upcoming China trip, and uh, Doug down there in Mexico. Of course, we also have listeners that live in uh, many of these other countries, so always good to get some perspective. The impression I've gotten from speaking to people who travel, not just places like Mexico, but around the world, is that in many places, the government... You know, they're still taking a lot of tax money from you, and in many cases, they tax their citizenry more than here in the U.S., and they may have, you know, their bureaucrats and their oppressive laws, but it seems like in many countries, the government doesn't attempt to pretend that they're looking out for your best interests in the same way that they do here in the United States. It seems like we have a lot of nanny state programs that the government tries to justify as being for everyone's own good, Mm -hmm. whereas in other countries, they will just force you to pay taxes and yeah. they're happy if you do that maybe that's i good would imagine for... their apparatus for finding out that you're not not paying taxes is probably not as efficient as ours no i've i've heard that mexico has a high rate of tax evasion i think 25 to 30 percent of people down there hmm. aren't paying well maybe it's good pr for the governments to be so nanny state uh, like that way people can believe that they're actually doing something of value right so if the government sells itself as we are here to keep you and your family safe from everything. You know, if they sell themselves uh, to, in that way, it may help, in, uh, I guess, endear them to moms and dads and, and people like that to, to, to where they get to the point of thinking, oh, my gosh, well, without the government, everything would have sharp corners on, uh, on it. They and, certainly uh, think that around here. Right. So that could be an important PR move is being a nanny state as opposed to just being a state that extracts money from people. And here is the news about Mexico. Story from Dallas News, uh, Dallas News.com. Mexico's Congress has approved and sent to President Felipe Calderon a bill that would decriminalize possession and small amounts of marijuana and cocaine. Gosh. The measure would also remove bigger drug dealing offenses from the federal court jurisdiction and would allow Mexican states to prosecute as they deem fit. It's an important step. Although it's not quite clear how the president of Mexico will respond. So it looks like things are moving in the right direction. My understanding from the articles we used to report on this story on Freemind Radio was that uh, the president actually authored that bill or co-authored it. Yeah. So, I I mean, that's... That'd be even better news. That's what we were getting from our other source. Basically, the, the president played a role in in drafting that legislation, why so it's unlikely he'd veto. Any idea why this Mexican president is being, um, I don't know, less friendly toward the United States in this way? Because the last time when it was Vincente Fox as president and the decriminalization issue came up, now that was on small amounts of possession of small amounts of anything, but he basically slapped that thing down after the U.S. government said, hey, you need to keep doing this war on drugs thing. So why this guy changing his, his uh, viewpoint? I'm not really familiar with the politics of mexico so i there might be a very good reason for it but all i know it's it is a different president now so his politics might be somewhat different and there's a huge real drug war going on in mexico that's true like in the sense that the drug cartels are warring with each other and likely the police and all that people are dying there's a lot of pressure on them to figure this out and come up with a better system i believe a better system is legalization um and likely they're taking steps in that direction it's what it sounds like, and they should be encouraged to do so. And in fact, you're, we're starting to hear more people talking about it here in the United States, which is also a healthy thing, because 
people just haven't, for the most part, been discussing these issues. Legalization just hasn't really been on the table. Well, Free Talk Live's been on the air for five years now. It's all our now. fault, right? Thanks, thanks to Free Talk Live. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the Wall Street Journal apparently recently published an article about legalization, Time Magazine publishing, uh, and, and Wall Street Journal was looking at ending prohibition. I think Time Magazine was looking at ending marijuana prohibition. Of course, Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, or Law Enforcement Against Prohibition, LEAP, is getting more and more popular, getting more members, and I'm sure they're having a big effect. More on the way. You bring up anything. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up anything if you dial in toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Features including the bulletin board system, over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about, from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com, bbs.freetalklive.com. Audible.com offers over 60,000 downloadable audiobooks, magazines, and radio shows for your iPod or MP3 player. You can try them out by downloading a free audiobook at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. That's FTL is in Free Talk Live, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. They've got all kinds of stuff over there. Uh, you know, somebody called in and said that they got Atlas Shrugged, 63 hours of unabridged and ran goodness at audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. We go to your calls. Carla is on the line in New Hampshire. Sounds like she's at a party. Carla. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, you're on the air, you're, and we're doing great. Uh, what's on your mind? Well, I just stepped into the closet at um, Taproom Tuesday because we have about 30 or 40 of the free staters outside having drinks, mm-hmm. and it's a little noisy. Is that all y'all are getting over there in Manchester at uh, Taproom Tuesdays? This is the weekly uh, social I, weekly social I, event, uh, Manchester, of course, being the most populated area in New Hampshire, and you guys are only pulling 30 to 40. We're getting 30 uh, regularly out here in Little O'Keene now. I know. I've heard that. Actually, I think it's because it's kind of rainy tonight. Oh, and, okay. It's a weeknight, too. Yeah, that's true. It's a weeknight. It's, it's a weeknight, exactly. And I could lie. I could say there are 100 people. How would anyone know? Well, I appreciate your honesty. Uh, of course, just having a, having a little... Fr- I think having a little friendly competition between the various different areas of New Hampshire is... Uh, I think it's a healthy thing. Competition is always healthy and it's always good. And in fact, I was thinking I want to come over and check out your social Sundays. I've heard it's pretty good. Well, it's, I think it's a lot of fun. People getting together, getting to know one another. And, of course, that builds relationships, which makes activism uh, more interesting and makes uh, makes for brainstorming and new ideas being fleshed out and, and tried out. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun just being up here in New Hampshire, period, and being around these great people. Uh, it's a fantastic. As you know, you're a free stater. You moved up. When did you move up here, uh, Carla? You know, I actually moved about a year and a half ago. I moved from New York, so one of your earlier callers who got the speeding ticket, I was going to be like, just leave, man, come <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, and, so... Um, and, and if you can't leave, definitely come to Porkfest and come check out what we're all about. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Porcupine Freedom Festival. You are this year's organizer. It's going to be your first time uh, you're taking the reins from the former organizer. And so what's what's coming up? When's it happening? Give us the basics. We've touched on it a few times on the show, but uh, go ahead and fill our listeners in. Okay, so basically it's happening um, June 25th through the 28th with some unofficial start, start.
up starting the week before that, and it's up at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire, which is a really beautiful location. From the campground, you can see Mount Washington. There's some great hikes from that area, and I you know, I like to plan parties, so I'm sort of thinking about it in those terms. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. There are going to be family activities, speakers. Um, we're doing a really fun thing on Friday night, uh, which we're calling Soapbox Idol, which will be a little, like, perversion on American Idol from mm-hmm. television. And Gartner Goldsmith, who I believe you guys know. Yes, I've heard of him. Well, will be one of our judges, and Angela Keaton, who you had on the show during Liberty Forum, will be one of the judges. Very and then, cool. of course, Chris Lawless, who um, organized Liberty Forum. And the basic concept is that, it, you know, you'll have three minutes and you'll do your best liberty-oriented rant. And, you know, we'll have a water gun. It's going to be a lot of fun. You have to have a topic and really think about it. What is the water and gun for? Gonna, the gong. It's... it's if you go over your time. Oh, I see. <laughs> that does sound like <laughs> oh, a good thing. You know, we're free staters, so we start with a water gun. <laughs> oh, I see. So, uh, so that's one of the very many things that's going to be going on. And Porcupine Freedom Festival is a great excuse for people to come up here to New Hampshire. If they've been thinking about the Free State Project, if they've been mulling it over and trying to convince their spouse, uh, loved ones, to come with them, this is a great chance. It's a low-cost event. You're not. It's not like the Liberty Forum, which is a great event uh, in its own right. It's more of a convention-style thing, the Liberty Forum. Right. Um, so you're staying in a hotel, and there's a, you know there's certain costs that need to be covered. But as far as the the Porcupine Freedom Festival, what's the cost to get registered for this? Um, it's right now it's gotten up to twenty dollars for the entire four days and of course if you decide to come for the whole week it's you know twenty bucks still and then it'll be twenty five dollars at the door so it's extremely cheap and yeah. we take that money and we just put that right back into the programming so whatever we make it's it's an issue of just taking it and renting the speakers doing the AV you know figuring out where we can spend that money best. But, yes, it's very cost-effective, and uh, under-18-year-olds are free. So if you have a family, you know, mom and dad pay, and all the kids come for free. That's great. And there's a great pool. There's a playground. There's a putt-putt mini golf course thingy. And from my personal experience, you know, I went to my first pork fest at Rogers in 2006, I was living in New York at the time, and my husband said, oh, you know, we should go up. We, we, you know, we were interested. We were sort of liberty curious, for lack of a better term. And we thought, we'll just go, and we'll see what these people are about, what's going on. And that sealed the deal for us. We enjoyed the experience. We enjoyed meeting the people. It's, it's just wonderful being with people who think the way you do and who um, – Sorry, someone just opened the closet door. <laughs> <laughs> they want you to come out of the closet, Carla. They, they wonder what you're doing. <laughs> someone actually said that. They were like, you should open the closet door and come out of the closet. It, it was the inevitable what? joke. I'm surprised Mark didn't get to it before I did. <laughs> <laughs> so, Carla, um, now it's $20 to go to Porkfest, but that doesn't include the campground, does it? No, it doesn't. So okay. there is an additional fee, and you can go to www.rogerscampground.com, and you can register. But their fees are also extremely reasonable. The campsites, I believe, are 20 to $27. I'm not sure if it's a day or 
what exactly the deal is. But it's you can cheap. Find it's no hotel room. I mean, <laughs> if you're paying to camp, it's not going to be a lot of money, period. Now, there is but actually it's, a hotel. It's a lot of fun and a lot more family fun than any hotel ever has oh, yeah. been in my life. So, oh, it's a great. Right. This is a great event for families. I mean, the, the Liberty Forum's a good event, period. But a convention just isn't the same for a family. If you've got kids, Porcupine Freedom Festival is the place to go. There's going to be other families with kids there, and as you say, lots of activities during the day, things to do, things to keep busy with, and of course the inevitable panel discussions and speeches and things like that, right? Right, and and you know we'll have a couple of people who've been on your show before, someone like Pete Ayer and the um, Motorhome Diaries. They'll be there. They'll be talking about what they're doing. We're trying to also showcase local New Hampshire activists. We'll have people like Mike Barsky doing his Pimp, Pimp My Activism. So he'll be teaching activists really good tools and real-time life experiences to sort of think about, you know, you're in your car and the cop pulls you over, what do you do sort of scenarios. And, yes, yeah, just a lot of fun classes, panels, Hikes. It's going to be awesome. I've always enjoyed Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I've enjoyed it at a different location, and I'm really expecting uh, Rogers to be a lot better because it's going to be much more compressed. Uh, Carla, keep us in the loop as to, as you know, as more things develop with Porkfest because uh, it's coming up soon, like less than eight, like around eight weeks from now. Thank you for the call tonight. Always good hearing okay, from you. Yes, Porkfest.com is the website, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T, Porkfest.com. We're on the way. This is Free Talk Live. Hey, the other day I bought my first firearm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. At 357? Match. I even got a $5 disguise discount. Nice. All I had to do was sign up for the military. Sign what? Huh? This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial toll-free 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, we give them away. Those other talk show hosts want to charge you for accessing their sites. And ours is free. And then the free stuff includes archives. Going back for an entire year right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com. Dot com. Get freetalklive.com. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever might happen to be on your mind. We'll start things out by going to Rob in Georgia on the amp line. Hello, Rob. Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, I wanted to uh, just talk about uh, a little bit about private security. Uh, when Guard was on the show, um, Mark said that he thought that private security firms, I guess, would be uh, disincentivized to help other people out when they were having a crime. Yes. That is what he said. Yeah, and I, I think that's actually um, incorrect. Uh, let me let me give you let me give you some examples of what I think the market might produce. Now, obviously, none of us are that great at being entrepreneurs; otherwise, we'd be fantastically wealthy. But one of the things that uh, that I think would probably happen in the in, insurer insurers would be the primary providers of this sort of security because they want to cut their costs. They don't want claims. Uh, so what you what what I think you would most likely have would be the insurers would offer bounties for people who help people out to uh, prevent crime. So even if you were on investigation for a competing firm, 
your agent would have an incentive to actually help them out because who knows, your, your insurer might have a, a setup to where, okay, if you help out this other insurer, they pay a bounty, you keep half, I keep half. And if they didn't want to do that sort of a business, then you would probably have independent neighborhood watch type people who would go around to collect the bounties for themselves. Well, after all, they all have the common interest of reducing crime because a reduction in crime is a, uh, you know, an, a more amount of money they get to keep. Exactly. It's it's amount, and so if an, if an insurer has you know it has has someone's property insured against theft or something along that line, then if someone is able to show them that they can help prevent some of those uh, prevent prevent theft, it's in the insurer's be, uh, best interest to pay them some sort of a bounty. And what I think you would probably have would be kind of a separation in terms of the, the levels of investigation. You might have these neighborhood watch type guys. The insurers would then probably have their own investigators who would be more akin to detectives, and their jobs would be two things. One, to kind of determine how much of the claim there is, but also to investigate the neighborhood watch guys themselves just to make sure they're not trying to do some sort of scam where they have a crime ring to, you know, report fake crimes to collect bounties. Mm -hmm. So you'd have this sort of mutual policing environment going on between the two parties. Well, that could that would certainly help. Any kind of mutual um, policing, would, you know, going back and forth would be a very good thing. So yeah, interlo interlocking agreements then between these different companies that would result in more profits for them all, basically, right? Exactly. I mean that that that's in everyone's in everyone's interest. So I don't think that that, that um, you know someone next door having a crime and you not you not helping them because you're in, you're you're with this insurer. I don't think that would be an issue at all because they would have a lot of incentive to to assist each other in that regard. Well said, sir. You should have seen Mark during this uh, during your explanation. If you were watching the webcam at cam.freetalklive.com, you could see him throw up his hands. He's got nothing to say to you, Rob. You just well, owned him. I owned. I don't know. I well, mean, the, the fact is, the the, the anarchists are, uh, are are resilient folks that <laughs> will just pound and pound and pound on this uh, police issue. Um, I don't. I don't know that I. The, the fact is, there's going to be problems, um, and people are going to get hurt. And the question is, is it better or worse than what we have? Well, I mean, there's always going to be problems. I mean, problems are all a part of just human existence. So I don't think uh, anyone is claiming that we will be, we'll be giving you, uh, you know, Hakuna Matata. So. I'm, I am willing to let you guys try it out over there. Well, I, I have. I, I can see well, a situation where it could work out. Most socialists, so you're ahead of most of them. I could see a situation where it might work out differently, though. I mean, if if I'm an insurer and I have a competitor who is an insurer. We could try to offer, you know, try to help each other out, offer bounties to each other and our security agents to try to reduce the overall number of claims. Or I could hire, say, criminals to cause claims to my, you know, the insureds of my competitor. So well, I could I mean, just. But then you open yourself up to a huge amount of liability. One of the things with liability, always, how? There is no, there's, there's no court system. That's another, I mean. Presumably, Who said anything about there, there even needing to be a court system. Once you, first of all, once you have actually damaged my property, then those people who you have hired, those people might very well be hunted down and killed. I mean, you never know what kind of stuff you're talking about when you start talking about you going on someone's property and damaging it. And they're always taking their lives into their hands anytime they step onto someone's property with that intent, because presumably in a free market society would be a much better armed society. So well, for you to get the sort of people who would be willing to take those sorts of risks, you'd be talking about some pretty desperate sort of seedy characters that most 
most wanting to be respectable insurers wouldn't want to deal with because there's always a threat when you start lying down with dogs, you're going to end up with fleas. And those yeah, what happens when uh, what happened when News Channel Eight investigates, decides to uncover, do, 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 dig, do some digging, and find this information out, and then they splay it all across their television station and on the internet, and let everybody know that this company is corrupt. I mean, there goes their business, right? And what happens to what happens when you have when you've hired this this shady somewhat uh, somewhat um, you know uh, low down sort of character and he decides that he wants more money and he's willing to kill you if you do not pay him or he's willing to go public if you do not pay him you well, open yourself up to so well, many things you, you, in that kind of a situation <laughs> that it's way cheaper to just play it on the up and up that may be I'm just not sure that's the way it works out I mean after all you've got human beings in charge of the system and human beings are flawed the only place I can think of where you don't have state provided security and you have a market for security forces is Somalia and you can and hire well, an army. That, there's not as much of that as there used to be. <laughs> as much of I mean, as much of what? They've kind of, they've kind of tried to put a state in place, but it before it has not worked. Uh, I mean, started uh, happening. It was much never, more like that. It's never, it's, but Somalia was never a nice place under that system. I mean, it was ha- nicer than it had been before. Uh, I mean, it was not. It was not a nice place when they were having the, in the middle of the revolution. But if we're talking about just a, a if we're talking about right before um, basically the UN decided they were going to try to reinstitute a government, the Somalia of that time was definitely nicer well, than it had been previous fifteen years prior to that when it actually had a state and a civil war. The Somalia right now is in most parts of the country effectively not governed by a nation state, and you do have terrible problems of warlords who are essentially their own private armies, and if you've got say reporters like News Channel Light who are reporting on them, they, they're known to just go out and plug well, a reporter. It's not fair to bring Somalia into a discussion of a paradigm-shifted voluntary society because... Some voluntarists will mention Somalia as... Has a, you know, well, and look you at can Somalia, sh- you can start a radio station with no FCC. It's true. Well, in Somalia, there are some things that have changed and have gotten better in the absence of, uh, of the state. But my some point things. here is it's not fair to say that our voluntary society would be l- anything like Somalia because Somalia happened as a result of strife and turmoil and violence. As, and it was the out, the, uh, what, what grew out of that violence. What we're talking about is a peaceful evolution to a voluntary society and how society He's going to have to ch- make that choice to go there instead of uh, it being a firefight that brings us there. Is, isn't that what you're talking about, Rob? Isn't that your vision as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I think that when any time you have, I think there's always a danger in having a literally revolutionary overthrow uh, of government. I think that you, you end up having, anytime you have a revolution, you're going to have individuals who are going to be aggressed against. And any time you have individuals who are aggressed against as, uh, in order to bring about a particular state of circumstances, those people are going to have a very legitimate gripe against some of the people who helped to set up that set of circumstances. So I, I, don't think that, I don't think there's any real good way to have any sort of armed revolution bringing about a free market 
and and having to be be something good. It I just leaves it just leaves a space open for a new strong man. That's all it does. Whenever violence uh, happens and and leads to revolution, it just as as it is in Somalia leads the strong men to begin competing for the pace uh, the place of power over all the rest. And that's why we need to avoid the violent well, thing and get there on argue that it's the power vacuum that leads to a strong man government. Thank you for the call, Rob. Always good hearing from uh, from you tonight or in tonight and any time. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. The latest in the tragedy of the newspapers. In moments, it's Free Talk Live. Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call if you make it now. 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Nick. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, learn how to promote Free Talk Live at promote.freetalklive.com. Just head over to promote.freetalklive.com. You get a whole list of things that you can do to help get the show into more ears around the country and around the world. Very simple things and uh, very cheap. And many of them are totally free. Promote.freetalklive.com. All right, we have exhausted the calls, which means we'll actually get into some of the things that are interesting to us. And one of those things is the demise of the newspaper industry. And, of course, some of the big news within this past week has been the Boston Globe, which is a pretty big newspaper. I was reading an article that said it had been around for 135 years. And it may be shutting down. They've been in negotiations that's, that's now. That's the threat. Yeah, they've been in negotiations now with the union. Apparently it's a union-run paper. Uh, for several days, it was originally supposed to shut down on Sunday or something like that, and right. they extended they, it they, out. They can't, cut, they can't cut jobs because of the union's... Uh, the rules. The, yeah, the, 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 the contracts that they have. So rather than doing that, they'll just have to shut down. Can you imagine being running a business? How crazy this system is that you're running a business and you, you can't... Just let some people go and then keep the jobs for the majority of them. You have to shut the whole thing down. Right, all or nothing. Yeah, that's crazy. So all of those people that, uh, if they shut it down, that would lose their jobs, wouldn't have had to have had the union not been in the way. Had the union not been there in the first place, this company may have been able to last longer. Whether they'd last forever, I don't know. It seems like newspapers are a dying breed. Unions are good for the people that are most likely to lose their jobs. Say the shiftless, lazy, mm-hmm. um, troublemakers, things like that. Not to mention the head of the union. They're you know doing yeah, well, well, right? Yeah, those, well, those people too. Mm-hmm. Um, the unions are good for those people, but if you're the good employee and you show up to work on time and you do a great job and you perform uh, at or above expectations mm-hmm. every time, well, it's not so good for you. So there's that news about the Boston Globe possibly going under, and I don't know, I presume there's probably another Boston newspaper. I don't know what it would be, but... Boston Herald. The Herald, Okay. And so so what we're seeing around the country, and there have already been a number of papers that have closed their doors. Um, and these companies that are like the New York Times, this is the New York Times that owns the Boston Globe, and they own a number of other papers. I think they own the Sarasota Herald Tribune down there in, uh, yeah, where we come from in Sarasota, Florida. So these guys are all over the place with newspapers. Some of them have already shut down, and many of the, the rest of them are hemorrhaging cash. They're losing money. They're in the didn't, red. Didn't the Times just... Uh announce a, a rate increase on, the, on their newspapers? That's the news I was going to get to here today. Uh, but, but prior to this, the Times has also announced things like they're renting out some of the rooms in their building and like they're tr- doing everything they can to you know, try to get their hands on they as much cash as, as possible. 
and I don't have a full list of all of the things they've been doing, but uh, they are not having an easy time. They're just trying to make ends meet, and it's not working out for them because, well, the news is, is migrating. I mean, people are finally moving away from these old, filthy papers. I mean, who really wants to sit there and page through a, a newspaper when they can get the very same news instantaneously online? Now, I still have some, there's still some little warm place in my heart for newspapers. There's still a value, I think, to being able to sit on a bus or sit anywhere and have uh, have the news in front of you and, and you can hold it in your hands. But, of course, things like, uh, things like Palm, uh, not Palm Pilots, but the smartphones. smartphones. Things like the smartphones and laptop computers and other things like that that are putting the Internet and data connections in people's hands all over the place are really going to cut into their stride. Yeah, I mean, I'm not somebody who can read books in electronic format or study materials in electronic format. I just can't do it. I can't Mm -hmm. read it off the screen. Uh, But I've become accustomed to getting news. Pretty much all the news I get is from the Internet. I'll buy a newspaper if I know there is going to be a story, usually a local story that I have some interest in. I'll buy it just to see how the local paper reported on it. But it's just more practical, especially doing show prep and things like that. I have a, I can get a much wider variety of news from the Internet. And I think that uh, some local newspapers really are, are still doing quite well. Um, when you look at, uh, say, Keene, New Hampshire is a good example, um, and, and you know you can apply this to wherever you are. But when you're talking about big newspapers, you've got distribution problems and things like that. But when you're talking about smaller, more concentrated areas, it's not that big of a deal to get the newspapers to the the different spots. Um, And especially if there's a dearth of uh, ad venues out there, if they don't have a television station in town or five yeah. if they if they don't have a radio station in town or five um in radio stations pretty much are in every towns but here in, in Keene, there are only two radio station companies because of consolidation limited competition right there's limited competition and then there's like the uh the, the pinch a penny thing newspaper they have mm-hmm. a, the Manadnock shopper or something like that and so there's not that much competition as far as um advertising goes and therefore you know the, the newspaper's doing quite well well i don't know how well, they're doing, but they're they're still around. Uh, the the local newspaper has raised its rates from my from what I understand, and that's what the New New York Times is well, doing. The dollar's worth less. Oh, you mean that's I mean, true. The dollar is worth less, uh, but that still, when you're raising your rates twenty five percent, it's going to take a toll, and that's what the New York Times is doing, uh, according to the story at the Mises Inst or not the Mises Institute, LouRockwell dot com posting. That New York Times CEO Janet Robinson told the Newspaper Association of America's Mid-Year Media Review that the paper will raise single copy and subscription rates. According to the AP, she said the price increases slated to take effect in July would result in about $7 million to $8 million in additional revenue in 2007 and $14 million to $16 million on an annual basis going forward. Home delivery rates will be hiked 3 to 4%, while the single copy price will jump to $1.25 from $1. That's a 25% increase in price. And Sunday, single copies will move from $3.50 up to $4. Now, as the commenter at Lou Rockwell blog points out, uh, if your company is continually losing business, how do you attract more of it? Well, according to the socialists at the New York Times, you raise your prices. Here's an even better money-making suggestion to the economically ignorant folks that run the Times. Just raise the price of a single copy of the paper to $5 billion. Then all you have to do is sell one of them. Now, they're being flippant there, but the point is made that 
the New York Times is looking at this and they're saying, well, we're going to raise this money or we're going to raise this extra money by raising our prices. And they're presuming, I'm sure in there, that a certain number of papers will still continue to be sold, even though they should know that uh, papers are being sold less and less often. And it would seem to me at least, and maybe they've done some study that has told them that they're only going to lose so many subscribers and they're only going to lose so many buyers, you know, that there's some hardcore contingent that's going to keep pumping money into the New York Times. And that may be true. It's a big newspaper with some great journalism that comes out of there. And I, you know, people are going to continue to buy it. I don't know how many of those people are going to continue. And how the, the ultimate question is how many of those who are buying it today are going to continue to buy it after it goes up in price. That's the question. I don't know if they know what the answer is. They certainly sound pretty confident that they know what the answer is, but they don't. I mean, who can predict the future? 1-800-259-9231. Maybe you can. Right. There are pressures There are pressures right now for people not to buy newspapers. There's There are free news stories right on the Internet that they can go read. Um, they can get their subscription if they wanted to on the Internet. Um, you know, I know some people do that. I, I don't know how that model works for uh, newspaper companies. I, I hope it works well. I You know, people demand good journalism. Mm-hmm. What are they going to get? Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know how this is going to all shake out, but I can tell you that the, the you know, printed newspaper that, you know, the, the wood pulp in your hand, it seems to be having some trouble. And, uh, you know, by and large, industry-wide, and I don't know how it's going to shake it's out. It's such a dinosaur. I, maybe, I hope there are some papers that survive, because I still, as I said, I still have a warm place in my heart. And I think that the local weekly papers that are free, they're doing well, from what I understand. A lot of those papers are doing, well, they're not failing as fast, I guess is what you could say, if you put it in perspective. Compared to some of the bigger dailies, the weeklies are doing better as far as they're not failing as hard. Some of them are maybe flatlining and not necessarily increasing their distribution, but they're they're staying in business and they're still selling advertisements and, you know, keeping food put on the table and that's that's good news and i think that there's still room for innovation in the in the realm of newspapers i think people can still get in and they can do something different that's kind of not uh typical it's what you normally get in a daily paper and make it work of course i'm saying that from the outside i'm not involved in the in the newspaper business at all but nonetheless uh, i do you know i pick up the uh, the keen free press when i when i get a chance and that's one of the more independent that's the, one of the independent papers here uh, in the area so it will be interesting to watch as the newspaper industry continues to falter and more businesses continue to sh- uh, to, to go under because the competition is just too intense from the Internet. Not only, can, as you were saying, Nick, do you get a wider selection of news, but you can also get better niche selections of news. So if you're reading the newspaper only for the local stories or whatever it is, everybody's got their favorite section, right? Or they've got a certain type. Maybe they read the letters to the editor or whatever. You can get all of that and more on the Internet in just that one niche category that you're interested in. Want the comic section? You can get a back, you know, you can go read Dilbert for five years back if you want to uh, online. So, tough competition. We will see what happens to them over time because we plan on being in this business for the long haul. More coming up uh, tomorrow night. See you online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 